flow. Are you going to start with your song? I'm going to start with my song. You ready? Yeah. You don't like anything. What is it? It's Leonard Cohen. No, Leonard Cohen. You like him? I like Leonard Cohen. You didn't like it until you heard it's Leonard Cohen. Now you like I don't it. like I don't like it. It can be It's le- fucking great, dude. I really the real thing that I don't like about it is that you picked it. That's what it is. I don't, anything I pick is garbage to you. I guarantee you. If you heard that on your own and you discovered it, you'd be like, This is great. This the is truth magic. is it would be on next week's Dopey. Let's be hundred percent transparent right now. Okay. First of all, hello, welcome to Dopey. Oh yeah, do that whole thing. Podcast about drugs, addiction, and dumb shit. My name is Dave. My name is Chris. How are you? I'm good. It's been a long time. <laughs> Alright. Listen. The Leonard Cohen is good. Would you say his his sound is eternal? Because that's what it said when he released this. They said would he was the I man. say it? They said he was the man. Then he created this song, and they said now he's eternal. No, I wouldn't say that. He's like fucking that. eighty years old or something. I wouldn't say that yeah. personally. I tried but reaching out to him. Impossible. He's dead. Oh, is he? he's dead. Chris. <laughs> he has a Facebook page. Lots of oh, dead a fan people page. Do. He's dead. He died recently. Uh, his biggest song. That's you know? why his sound is eternal. Yes. But this was released right recently. before 2016. He died. Yes, maybe the year he died. Yeah. Um, listen. You want to hear the second verse? No, no, I don't. Hold on, hold on. Let me rewind it. Next verse. I don't. I don't want to do it. I like the paradox line. Wait. If God is your mother and I am your dad, you walk to the streets. But please don't be mad. I turn down your volume so they can't hear you. But give me some cookies and make sure they're chocolate. What? That doesn't make any sense. If I was a doctor and you were the sick, (laughs) would you find me patient? Would you find me drip? My sound is eternal. Because I am really dead. If you want to find me, then look in my head. No, I don't. I don't. I'm ready, my lord. Do you know what? Do you know what? That's why. Do you know what his biggest song is? What? Do you, you know? fucked with the knobs. Did you fuck it up? I went right back to the original sound. Hold on. I'm testing one, two, three. I think mine are a little low. You want to overpower me, don't I you? don't. No, you I don't. You want to cut me out of I this. You know what Dave you. did? Is he made a signal for me to turn the volume down on the phone, and he didn't trust that I would do it. So he started, now he has control. He started turning my mic down. No, I just didn't want to hear the second verse. I, I muted <laughs> You're the... You're still going to hear it. It's just not going to go on the microphone. What, are you going to lay it over that? Lay it over my, my what do you mean? You, you're still going to hear it. If you turn it down, the Dopey Nation is just not going to hear it. Yeah, that was what I was going for. I know. That's what I'm saying. You can't have this power. I don't like having power. I just didn't want to hear like the second verse. You like keeping your knob just a little bit higher than my knob, don't you? Listen, if you've, if you've listened to the shows, which I haven't, yeah. I haven't listened to the shows since... I don't like since, this power dynamic Since, since we've <laughs> had this thing, this. Yeah. since we've had this thing, I haven't even listened to it. Yeah. But I've heard that your mic is always louder than mine. Do you know why it is? Why? Because I always wind up back here. It's because you lean back. Yeah. I always tell you there's like a sphere of, of speaking that you need to stay within. You know? I promise you. You can bob to the left and to the right, but you can't bob back. Yeah, I promise you I will never use this 
to overpower you unless it's like you playing music I don't want to hear. But it's the okay, only back time. to that song, though. No? Seriously? A big fat no? It's not a big fat no. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> um, it's Annie. She's texting me. What is she saying? I message her if Instagram stories post instantly. And what did she say? She said... Uh, yeah, why? Anyway. I tried posting an Instagram story of uh, me getting tacos at Tacos Banditos a uh, few minutes ago, Dopey Nation, and it didn't work. I tried twice. There's a lot that's technologically inept. That's not true. You don't be so hard on yourself. Number one, I don't love Leonard Cohen. Even his biggest song. Do you know what his biggest song was? No, that's the only one I've ever heard. <laughs> it was, you know it. It's a song called Hallelujah. Yeah. They say there was a secret chord, which Jacob came and he... Taught the Lord, but okay. you don't really care for music, you don't like do that? you? It's a great song, but there's just something about him. He's just like it's just so. He has that, but like that last song, like he has that old time junky voice. You don't hear that, of, of course. You know but, but it's just it's just so put on, and it seems so drug addiction related. But it's, I don't think it is. He was always very much put on. No, he said in that song that he has he had middle class demons, and they were. Tame or something like that. There was one song. He, 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 you know, he, Linda played me one song of his that I really liked, um, but it could be that I was just trying to like it because Linda wanted me to. Yeah, you know, um, I have my. I don't think my music taste is better than anybody else's. It's just very particular. It's particular, but it's also you. You have to admit if it's not something that you already know or you discovered on your own, you're very critical. Definitely. Whereas if you had heard something and you stumbled upon it on your own, you would like it more than if somebody played it for you. No. Not true. It's not true. And you you have no evidence because you've never played anything good for me ever. Ever? Ever. Ever. Never. How about the other day when I played you a song and you were like, this sucks. It's so bad. Like, who is it? I was like, it's Ween. You're like, actually, it's okay. I kind of like Ween. Did that happen? It did. Or how about when I played that other song, which just randomly popped up on my saved playlist, and you were like, oh, I love this. I used to record with this guy when I was a kid. That is Sidewalk not, trash or something. That's not the story. It's not the story. <laughs> Who was it? It was the Slackers. But number one, number one, I'm very particular. I'm very fascistic in my music taste. Fascistic? That Maybe. sounds like Nazi stuff. Maybe. Number- is that what you were going for, that word? Yes. I, I'm very like I have my my taste is my taste. Uh, it's very it is very hard for like something that I don't like to jump into my taste. Yeah. But when it does, I, I, I acknowledge it. Yeah. But I'm very particular. What do you want from me? I don't love Leonard Cohen and I don't like Tom Waits. I don't like that. You know who I, I like rock and roll. I like simple fun stuff. I like reggae music. You know I like what I went to like the other the other day, which was utterly amazing. Actually, I mean, we did leave early. Are you going to play more music now? No, I'm going to play. Uh, I'm going to play a line of something, and I just want you to see if you can. It's a cover, and I want you to see if you can tell me who is singing it and what the cover song is. Okay. Okay. All right, you ready? Yeah. Is the intro gonna be? Do you know the song? No. The sun was setting over Avalon. The last time we stood in the west. Suffering long time, angels like Blake. Burn out the drugs. In a sense, captured again. Once you hear the lit.
I don't know. I it know. sounds like Bruce Springsteen. Who's yeah. singing? You're not going to believe who. Who is it? It was super powerful when he sang It's fucking Bill Murray. Nice. And what is he singing? Um, it's When Will I Ever Learn to Live in God. And um, it's, uh, I think it was, uh, it's Van Morrison. And dude, he was, so I went, I went with my brother. We thought it was like a comedy show, but it was him just with like a violinist and a cellist and stuff. I'm and very, he was, he very was, annoyed. That I got neither of those things. Yeah. <laughs> when I know that you went to that stupid show. I know you should And I also that. <laughs> know that you don't know anything, and I could have just deduced it, but I'm not smart enough to deduce it. Uh, uh, so, but anyway, so we went to That's this very, com- very this, disappointing. We thought he was going to be doing comedy, and it was like him with a cellist and a violinist, like reading poetry and singing songs. So, and it was like not totally up my alley, because, you know, I'm not one for art and music and taste in general. But that song he sang, and, and did you record the that live, there? No, this is on iTunes. But the one he did it live, he and he doesn't have a great voice. He has an okay voice, but he was like at the end, just belting out the chorus over and over, and he got all teary, like he like got like weepy. I have know? theories about Bill Murray. I, he sold me as a human being in that moment. It was like pretty touching. I was like, wow, this guy's got a deeper level than like the guy from Groundhog's Day. Well, Groundhog's Day is incredible. Caddyshack, I mean. It's all very deep. Did you ever hear Caddyshack? You know, a lot of his scenes in Caddyshack weren't scripted. They were all improv. And they were just rolling it, yeah. Well, listen, Bill Murray, it's like, ugh, he is the best. Yeah. He is the best. He stayed funny. A lot of those guys, Dan Aykroyd, Chevy Chase, they lost it over time. Bill Murray aged well with his comedy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, well, Bill Murray's an artist. Yeah. You know, Chevy Chase is an alcoholic. Dan Eckward is still okay, but he was never great. I me. think Chevy Chase is actually a serious drug addict. He's, he's like bad. A, yeah, yeah, he's, he's like bad. a pill addict. Yeah. And, uh, and Dan Aykroyd, I would not be surprised if he was an alcoholic. He, he bought a vodka company. Oh, he like, did? He sells, like, vodka with, like, crystal skulls on the top of the bottle, and he's all into it. Listen... I love all those guys, and I I'm, I shouldn't be so ashamed that I couldn't guess Bill Murray singing Van Morrison. Do you know Morrison. that Van Morrison song? If I knew the Van Morrison song, I would have said it was well, fucking Van Morrison You know Morrison what's hilarious song. is after I left the show, I downloaded the Bill Murray version and the original Van, uh, Van Morrison song. Listen to both of them. Bill's Bill is better. Bill better. Yeah. Well, I think it's a late <laughs> Van Morrison song. I mean, it's just very touching, you know? Like, the lyrics I thought were good. Turn your volume off on your computer. And what's your Bill Murray theory? Well, my Bill Murray theory is that, first of all, he's an artist. He's very unpredictable. He went on Stern. You know, after Stern, Stern loved Bill Murray, and, yeah. and, and, and Stern was not, like, so likable by a lot of people, like yeah. people like Bill Murray. Yeah. So you could tell Bill Murray was uncomfortable to be on the Stern show because Howard Stern is so, like, misogynistic and so, like, yeah. kind of, like, blue-collar mainstream, like, kind of cheesy mainstream in a way. Yeah. It's like you have to really be a Howard Stern fan to know that he's not really that. Yeah. You know? And then Bill Murray... And and you know all the stories about Bill Murray. Like, it'll be somebody's wedding, and he'll show up randomly. Like, he's at the country club, and he gives the best man speech, and then he disappears. I heard my friend was at some event with him, and there was catering. And he said he was like... Everybody was talking to him, and like one of the caterers walked by, and he just smacked the tray of food out of the caterer's hand. And he said it was really funny. Like, he pulled it off. He he does shit like that. He, like, he turns up at events, and, like... Toasts everybody, or he'll like, he'll start serving drinks. He'll be, go behind the bar. He'll become the bartender for the night, and then you'll turn around and be like, "Hey, Bill, let me get a scotch and soda," and he's gone. <laughs> he's like, he'll like do some crazy shit, and then he disappears. Yeah. And like I, I, on the Stern show, he had this sound to his storytelling, like he was an alcoholic, Bill Murray, or, or like he was an addict, really? like this unresolved sadness to him. Or maybe he's got that some came through in the event. It of, sounds like it, it. Uh, it did, he's got this sure. very unresolved sadness, and you're just like, you can just. He was tell. reading like so many Hemingway quotes. Like he did like three Hemingway quotes, and Hemingway is the ultimate unresolved sadness, alcoholic, suicidal writer. Exa- exactly. You know what I, mean? I, I mean, like so. 
I know that Bill Murray likes to indulge mm-hmm. from from just random stories. Like we, you could Google. I think I should do this. Here. And they were around with Belushi too, didn't they? Use with him back in the day. Here, hold on. Here, could you pause it for one second, please? Really? Just quickly. Okay, we're back. Ten amazing Bill Murray stories that proves the man's total legend. Uh, number one. In early 2016, he reportedly lobbed three mobile phones off a restaurant roof after fans got a bit too eager to grab a selfie with him. Bill later agreed to replace the property that was damaged. Number two, in 2014, he was spotted dancing in the crowd at a Kings of Leon gig in, uh, in New York City, something which Nathan Followell called one of the highlights of my career, blah, blah, blah. Um, number three. That doesn't sound that interesting. Number three. Murray has been spotted riding a children's bike through branches of Walmart on several occasions, most notably at a Southfield, Michigan one in 2006, where a man named Jake says the actor was wearing an obviously heavily used firefighter's uniform, complete with oxygen tank, which made the moment a little too surreal for my taste. Why the fuck isn't he on, like, you know, pictures of him doing this crazy shit all over the place? In 2014, he crashed a random guy's bachelor party and gave this prospective groom some very wise advice, which thankfully was captured on camera. I have the video here. Do you want to hear it? How long is it? I mean, yeah, we we got to hear it. Start it. Thumbs up on her. Thumbs up on her. Oh, yeah. I see a lot of thumbs up on her. This is very, yeah, it's, it's 100%. I went over it's 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100
Totally, but you know but, but it's all but that's true. Yeah, you know, and I mean, it's that's also true for fucking anybody though. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to be alcoholism. It's fun. No, 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 no. But it, it, this is a good track because yeah. we promised ourselves something that we would what, do and recovery. And we told no, 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 that we would make dopey dopey. Yeah. We wouldn't do oh, what we just shit. did, yeah. and we just did that. Yeah, but I don't care. Yeah, it's good that you brought it to here. Yeah. The point in Groundhog's Day is that we squander our lives, and it took that character. He was so squandering his life. He was so not making the most of anything. And he was so self-seeking. Yeah. His self-seeking was off the charts. So when he first started doing Groundhog Day over and over again, he fucks everybody he can fuck. Yeah. He, like, eats everything he can eat. (laughs) He, like, kills himself. I mean, it's massive self-seeking. When I was watching that, the first thing I thought was, like... I wonder how, because he's in this small little town, uh, was it Pawtucket? Not Pawtucket. Um, it's Punxsutawney. Punxsutawney, yeah. And he's in this small little town, and I'm like, mm, you know, he could probably figure out how to get in the pharmacy. I'm like, I wonder how, like, far <laughs> the nearest dope is. I'm like, you know, I'd just be waking up, like, every single day and, like, traveling, like, stealing a car somehow and traveling three hours to get, like, dope and coke and shoot up. You know, and I'm like, well, do you think I would get a tolerance? And withdrawal. You wouldn't. <laughs> you wouldn't because he eats all the food. He doesn't get fat. It never <laughs> crossed my mind. You used, you used to think that when you watched the show? Watch the yeah. movie? Yeah. Never I, crossed well, my I mind. I started watching it before I got really bad because I started watching it at like probably like 12 or 11 because my dad liked it. Yeah, I was you 22. <laughs> well, you're about 10 years older than me. Yeah. So, um, but then I've seen them, I've probably seen the movie 20 times. That's such a funny thought though. Yeah. Cause he could drive to Philly. He could drive to Kensington. He could like w- see a dealer, attack them, steal everything, overdose. And then he's back. But he wouldn't even have to attack them cause he has unlimited time. So he could figure out how to pilfer it out of their pocket at the right time. When not, not to mention he's, but he has unlimited funds, unlimited funds. He's got unlimited funds. Even if he didn't rob, he's a wealthy weatherman. <laughs> yeah. He could buy whatever he wants. He has enough for one day of whatever that's funny like that they didn't ever they didn't dip into that at all they didn't dip into anything well, he like starts that drink doesn't he drink in it at one point but he doesn't drink no, heavy he doesn't yeah he doesn't, doesn't drink like heavy addiction he like, drinks up like depression <laughs> but not even yeah. he, he just drinks to fuck chicks yeah he like fucks a bunch of chicks in it i love the scene when he's eating when he has all like he's like 12 meals <laughs> he's like i'm not even worried about love handles as, he, <laughs> as he's eating the pancakes and the cream puffs and shit yeah but my favorite is like he learns to play piano yeah and like he's so good it's like but that's interesting because he wouldn't gain weight but he, but he would remember the piano exactly mm-hmm. so would he have a tolerance yeah well you know what my big question is that i've asked a ton of people <clears throat> so i'll tell you my best response i say so hypothetically you know just speaking like the addiction you know what i mean the drugs the heroin the alcohol that's that's the solution to our problem. That's not really the problem. The problem is something else. You know, you come in and you think the alcohol is from the drugs are problem, but when you get some, some real knowledge, you learn like those are the solution to the affliction, right? I'm with you. Okay. And so some people out there, before they even pick up drugs and alcohol, there's indications that they might be an alcoholic or an addict. Not for everybody, but I think the people who have like that strong genetic influence and stuff like that, I look at my own life and maybe it's just impulsivity and stuff, but I was super into fire, into bombs, doing things crazy and obsessive up until I found booze and then like that became the thing. Do you know what I mean? Everything went away. So hypothetically, let's say there's a person out there, they have the genetic propensity to be an alcoholic. They have all the signs, you know, when they're growing up, you know, that they are an alcoholic. Then they find booze, right? Become a major alcoholic, right? Become a major heroin addict. Then they get sober, have real solid, you know, recovery, right? Mm-hmm. You know, the affliction goes away. Mm-hmm. You know, they're doing it right. They uh-huh. are, dare I say, recovered. Uh-huh. Then they fall, hit their head and get total amnesia. I love this. All right. Yes. So they forget that I am an addict. Right. Like, I have asked this to tons of psychiatrists and they're always really, they're like, they're like, this is actually like a pretty good question. And it's like, I, they think that even studying people with amnesia, like who were previous addicts and seeing changes, like there could be, you could learn more about addiction in general in the brain. So the best answer I got was that there's like procedural memory. This is kind of what you're talking about. Maybe with the piano procedural memory and declarative memory. So they're going to like, forget, like I am an alcoholic and I can't drink, but there's procedural sort of changes and how they approach life where they might actually do things out of instinct that supports 
recovery. So they won't immediately regress to that pre that state when they were younger. Do you know what I mean? Before they picked up alcohol, meaning there's a whole different like level to learning. I think that you, you ruined the whole thing. <laughs> number one, but number two, I think this is this is one of my favorite propositions I've yet, you ever offered me. Because imagine this, yeah. right? You have heroin addict. Yeah. Okay. In recovery. Yeah. Dare we say recovered? Yes. Ten years clean. Yeah. Fucking works the program. Yeah. Sponsees every day. Does his inventory. Night. Yeah. Fucking meditates, prays, everything. Yeah. Spotless. Yes. You know what I mean? Not. Like, and he's not an ass. You know what I mean? He's got his shit together. Yeah. You know, good dude, blah, blah, blah. And he's walking down the street. Yeah. Okay. And a brick. Hits his head. Falls off the thing. Hits his head. And he's out. Yeah. And damages his head. Not his brain. Yeah. So there's a lot of pain. Yeah. And and he's not with anybody that knows him. <laughs> yeah. They so they rush him to the hospital they and he wakes up <laughs> on the drip. Yeah. Amnesia. Yeah. But on opiates. Like, I don't know anything but I love this. And then he's <laughs> in that moment we always talked about. Yes. It's like Comfort care when you're going to die. I remember something about this. <laughs> something about this is familiar. Um, what <laughs> happens there? The moment we always talk about Dopey Nation is Dave. Dave said to me, I, I make a couple years after treatment or something. He's like, he's like, imagine when we're like 90 years old, you know, 95 years old, and we're in hospice, you know, and we've been clean for whatever 60 years, you know, 50 years, and they, you know, they hit us with some Dilaudid, and it's just going to come back and be like. I remember. <laughs> I remember what that felt like. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, oh, I'm a, yeah. I'm a horrible junkie. Yeah. But that's like it's a real. It's a, it's like what an amazing thing. Like, oh my god, what an amazing thing. Yeah, I think somebody should study that scenario. How like, do we do? How? You'd have, How do you study that scenario? You'd have scenario? to go to like a. a <laughs> maybe you even could do it with Alzheimer's. You'd have to go to some sort of like memory clinic. And talk to the director and, and see if they get admissions for people who had histories of alcoholism that got sober. And then they forget things. You know what I mean? They either start forgetting things or they get amnesia. I love this. Yeah. Say we should say this. I should this. do it for my dissertation. Maybe. Instead I love that attachment stuff. You hate the attachment stuff. I hate stuff. attachment stuff. It's so boring. <laughs> this is a lot of fun. This is all fireworks. Yeah. And it's all Groundhog Day. It's all and Groundhog And you can call day. it Groundhog Day. Yeah. You could be really. You could be a really famous clinician if you do this. It'll be legendary. The first article I ever wrote was called Groundhog's Day in Rehab. What was it about? It was about going to rehab a billion times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Very interesting. Something happened that I'm really embarrassed to say, but I have to say. say It's really embarrassing. What happened? It's really embarrassing. No, how am I going to get an STD? It's it's like that, though. What is it? It's really embarrassing. Just fucking say it. What is it? The other night, I was sick. Yeah. You know, and I had this cold, and I couldn't go to sleep. Yeah. And I took and and Linda's like, you should just take a Benadryl and go to bed. Yeah. So I took a Benadryl, but I'm still sick. I'm yeah. like, I'm like, I have those nighttime coughing, aching, and my head is feeling pretty yeah, stuffy, yeah, and the, I can't get any rest. Commercial. So I'm like, I gotta get some Nyquil. Yeah. So I go to Seven Eleven to buy Nyquil, and I and I took the Nyquil. Yeah. And I might have taken a little bit extra. Yeah. And I go to bed. And I have this dream that I can't sleep. And I have Wait, this, you're sleeping, I'm, dreaming yeah. that you can't sleep? I'm, I'm dreaming that I can't sleep. Yeah. Okay? And then in the dream, I really have to go to the bathroom. Yeah. You went in the bed? I pissed the bed. No, you didn't. I swear With to Linda God. With Linda next to you? Uh-huh. Did she know? I woke her up. And what did she say? She was incredible. She jumped up. She took everything off the bed. She's like, "Are you using it?" She's, she's, she's like, "Are you using it?" And, and then, and then she, she pissed she, the bed as a forty-three-year-old man. Yeah, I pissed the bed. Wow, it's really embarrassing. That is very embarrassing, especially a sober forty-three-year-old man. I figured I was really sick. That's bad. Yeah. What do you think? I think we have to erase this. Why? I can't live with the shame. Dude, it's fucking great. It's gold. <laughs> Terrible. Then, then You're being me, punished for overdosing on the, uh, on the on NyQuil. NyQuil. Then, then I told my sponsor, and he freaked out that I drank NyQuil at all. I was like, dude, I've been drinking NyQuil for years. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a relation. I, I have issues with that where, you know, when I do get sick, I definitely 
take more than what's on the bottle for stuff. Well, listen. I, but it's I, like NyQuil. So you took a Benadryl. Not all NyQuil is is acetaminophen, dextromethorphan, and Benadryl. It's three ingredients. Acetaminophen's Tylenol. So it's Tylenol, DXM, and Benadryl. Well, the, the fact is that Linda jumped to my aid. First, she got really pissed because yeah. she was scared. Because I spent so much money on the bed. Oh, she yeah. Got, you got that new, like, $3,000 And bed. she was like, the bed! You know? <laughs> <laughs> and then, but but it turns out we had, like, a... a you want those things. Yeah, yeah. So, just in case. Those covers, yeah. yeah. So, then she put the sheets back on. And then we got into this big fight today about money. Okay. And she's like, you pissed the bed. No, no. We got into this huge fight. And she goes... She and then we had settled the fight, you yeah. know. And then she texts me, "Are you my best friend?" Because it doesn't seem like it. And I said, "What?" And I called her. I was like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> I was like, "You texted me some shit that didn't feel very best friend like to me." Yeah. And then she goes, "Do you remember what happened the other night? That's what a best friend does." <laughs> like supported you? No, because she, she, she didn't embarrass me that I went to bed. Yeah, and I was like, I, yeah. But she's still using it. So. She used it against me. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, that's, funny. Funny. that's funny. That's, that's funny. <laughs> it's so funny because she's she's basically using like, it okay. Well, she's like basically saying that like. She was so empathetic, and she's like, it's okay, honey, that <laughs> you wet the bed. Basically like you would do with a five-year-old. <laughs> Fuck you, man. I, I just fucking aired something that I would never... I just... I did this for the show. This is going in the show notes. I did this for the Dave show. pisses his bed in sobriety. <laughs> and then my sponsor's like, what are you doing drinking NyQuil? I was like, dude, I've been drinking NyQuil the whole time, man. What the Fuck. <laughs> All right, should we do the voice memo? Yes. Okay. Guys. I'm incredibly have, embarrassed now. <laughs> oh, no. It was great. Guys, we have a sweet, sweet voice memo from um, really interesting who it's from. We'll just play it. Hey, guys. Uh, Dopey Nation. My name's Rob, and I'm a combat veteran with the U.S. Army. I had done two tours of Iraq and accrued many injuries during these trips, which ended up leading to a heavy opiate addiction and a lot of the combat guys developed an addiction one way or another because the powers that be need to keep us in the fight despite these injuries so into my story <clears throat> my second deployment i was right there on the cusp <clears throat> of a full-blown physical dependency uh, per the doctors where i was stationed i was on a rotating script of lower tabs and percocets because of these injuries so I was running missions constantly and still keeping up on my fitness, thank you to the drugs, but I had not yet hit the full-blown withdrawal yet, that first one that makes you realize, shit, I'm hooked. And that's kind of where this story begins. So I went on a mission that was supposed to be just a turn and burn, 24-hour mission, that ended up turning into a three-day kind of free-for-all deal. And I did not bring enough of the pills with me because I thought it was only going to be a turn and burn. Well, to make a long story short, we ended up getting pinned down uh, by an IED. We were waiting for EOD to come cleared out so we could continue on to what we were doing. And then during that time, we got ambushed. And also at that time, I was a 50 cal gunner in a truck turret so i'm sitting with half of my body out of the truck not much armor around me on a turret and my driver and my truck commander are literally within a couple of inches on either side of my ass because i'm sitting in almost like a sling type of thing so that's kind of where it brings us and um despite with everything that was going on and the adrenaline going boom I hit the stomach cramps like you would not believe. And gas just starts pumping out of me like an Exelon leak. And then it hits me. I'm going to shit myself. There is no way around it. I am not holding it. Mind you, we are still being shot at like crazy. So I, uh, I told my truck commander, like, yo, I got to hop out or I'm going to end up shitting on myself. And you guys are going to be right there. And he's screaming at me, don't move, don't move. But I also didn't want to risk the 13-hour drive with shitty undies and pants 
no change of clothes, and sitting in it for the most uncomfortable ride you can possibly imagine. So I hop out, rounds just pinging everywhere around me, drop trial, got my back against the truck, and then I experienced that worst volcanic diarrhea of my life. I mean, it was almost like a religious experience. It was so bad. And then it realized, or then I realized at that point, getting shot by AK rounds came close distant second to me getting all of this poison out of me because it was so bad so i ended up finishing threw my boot off used my sock because i had nothing else with me and got back into the fight and went back to commencing what i was doing but then ended up being uh the first of many soul-crushing but yet hilarious misadventures about being a deployed drug addict soldier so let me know what you think guys bye holy shit what do you think i'm blown away it's i love this the dopey nation on the front line oh my god (laughs) it's like number one it sucks to be in withdrawal like i I don't want to go wait tables you know what really sucks too it's going on turn and burns what is that? How'd you do on a turn and burn? I don't know. I think he, that was not a turn and burn. I think a turn and burn is if you like go and come back. And this was like a combat scenario. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> what are you talking about? You'd be really bad on a turn and burn. Dude, I wouldn't be good on a turn and burn in any situation. And like just the idea that it's possible. A turn and burn for me would be like grabbing a bag of dope and running. <laughs> That would be a turn and burn. What is a turn and burn? I think a turn and burn, from within the context of what he was saying, is like a mission where you just go out and do something and come back. And so this was not a turn and burn. He thought it was going to be like a quick thing. And it ended up being this like long, drawn-out thing. And so initially, he, like, he went into serving the country with a shitload of pills. I don't know. I think he might have got hurt. He said that the, the army docs had him on um, Percocet and Lord... Well, how much could they have him on? Who knows? Enough to get really bad withdrawals. It's like himself. in Vietnam, there was some ridiculous percentage of how, how many U.S. Uh, army people and Marines and whatever became addicted to heroin in Vietnam because yeah. it was like... Here's a penny. Get me high for six weeks yeah. or something crazy. Yeah. It's like Afghanistan is right on that thing. Yeah. And it's like, listen, I'm no conspiracy theorist, uh, but like all these wars are right next to all the poppy fields. Yeah, but I think Vietnam was a different scenario because you go to R&R and like Saigon or whatever, and it's just like hookers and drugs everywhere. So it's like you take a break from the front lines and you're going to like party central. Mm-hmm. I don't think they have that sort of dynamic, you know. In in Kabul? Yeah. You don't think so? You don't in think Kabul, it's just whores and dope? dope? They like, probably cut your hand off or something. But, like, isn't... I don't know anything about it. And, and you know what it reminds me of? It's like, first of all, it's a great, great voicemail. And thank you. What's in Rob? Rob. Thank yeah. you, Rob. And, and anybody else who has, like, situations using while you're serving the country and fighting in a war, please send them in. It's any crazy. Any turn and burn stuff. Yeah, any just burn or turn. <laughs> yeah. Either way. <laughs> Turning him, you know, I, I can't even possibly imagine what it's like to to, to enlist. <laughs> yeah, I can't even. You know? I just laugh thinking of you with like the like desert camouflage. Dude, I wouldn't. Be, I'm so pathetic. I wouldn't be able to properly tie the boots. You would if you were sick or not. You'd shit your pants. Yeah, I'd be shitting. My, I mean, I just pissed myself from having a cold. You know, <laughs> fucking hell, man! I would not make it. But um, it's like, you know what it makes me think of, though? It's like we started doing Dopey. I don't think Trump was president yet when we started. And, you know, things are happening in the world and we're doing Dopey. And more things are happening and we're just doing Dopey, telling stories about when we got high, whatever. Trump becomes president. All we were bombarded with all day is Trump, Trump, Trump. And we're just doing Dopey. (laughs) Everybody's reading about Trump and, like, the stuff in the news. And I'm, like, Googling Dopey podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying it's like like we've reached thousands and thousands of people. We've never mentioned Trump. We've never mentioned the world. We've only mentioned drug stories, dopey, fucking drugs, work stories. It's like... 
So I don't know shit about Kabul and, and what drugs might be available to soldiers or what it's, or what doctors might give you because I don't know anything about anything besides dopey. Yeah, that's really and, and waiting tables. Yeah, <laughs> that's all I know about <laughs> and, and music except for Bill Murray, Van Morrison, and Leonard Cohen. Yeah. Besides that, and Little Yachty. Yeah. Besides these blind spots, that's it's like you know what I know about the military. If you're a psychologist, so I, I'm going to be a psychologist. You know the difference between psychologist and psychiatrist? You're an asshole. Yeah. I know that you're an asshole. Yeah. Well, a lot of people don't. And so psychiatrist, don't be a Did you think, did you really think that I don't know the difference between a psychologist? A lot of people, I bet you there's a lot of people listening who don't. I'm not interested in them. I'm interested in you. You've known me. 80%. Shut the fuck 80% up. 80% yes, you knew the difference. 20% no. You're an asshole. What? That the 99% you're an asshole. <laughs> Actually, 100%. You're an asshole. You've known me for fucking how many years? Uh, six years? Seven years? I don't know. I think eight years. Yeah. Where did you meet me? In rehab. Do you think I would know the difference <laughs> yeah. between a fucking psychiatrist and a psychologist? I was a pill addict. <laughs> Do you know the difference? You think you're some. You think you're such a dick. <laughs> okay. Well, anyways, what I do know is that in the military, psychologists can prescribe. So I'm mm. always like, hmm. Mm. <laughs> if I ever learn how to manage this thing, maybe I'll join the Marines. Why? Doesn't make you prescribe. But I better join like the Coast Guard. Actually, what are you talking about? What? Because then I can prescribe. Why do you want to prescribe? I'm saying if things ever get dark and I go back on that dark road. You would not last a second prescribing. <laughs> you would not last a second. Psychologists can prescribe in New Mexico, a couple states. Does this interest you? It does. Prescription privileges would, would be cool to have. Why? Just to say I can do it. You should have nothing to do with it. You should have, really not even it. for your sake, but for everyone's sake. <laughs> I, I don't. I cannot imagine a universe where somebody is better off because you decided they need drugs. I just don't see that. In fact, I think because of your incredible verse yeah. and knowledge of the obscure pharmacopoeia of society, yeah. you're better off helping people without it. Yeah, yeah, or getting people off of it. Getting people off it, and then and then. Offering a million other options. No, we do. I have to do. They do didactics at my work, where it's like. Uh, what are didactics? Didactics is just like a learning seminar, and like they have different clinicians do it. And so my didactic had two parts. I did the attachment stuff, and the second part, I did basically over prescribing within the substance use treatment world. You know, I went through all the things I was prescribed. You know, and I was just saying that, like, and especially it, it, there's a correlation with. People being on lots of things and going to high end treatment. Like, if, and this isn't obviously a blanket statement to apply everywhere, but if you start spending 30 grand or more a month and you go to those treatment centers, just the number of prescriptions people are on goes up significantly. And usually they're also more. I, you already more, lost me. They're I'm usually sorry. more likely to prescribe controlled substances too. Basically, you go to a fancy rehab and. They give you fancy drugs. Yeah, and also you're more likely to be on things that are used sparingly like benzos and stimulants. And I believe that correlation is because people who go to fancy rehabs are paying a lot of money and they're used to getting what they want. Do you sure. know what I mean? So sure. they're, and they're all and, – and, and, and I'm not even saying that there's a scenario where you should – you know, there probably are some people like you know, there are some people who can successfully use those things and should be on them, but it's like the top of the food pyramid, super sparingly. And if you go to some of these really fancy places, fucking half the clients will be on something. I, I just stand by my belief, um, or my opinion. Yeah. And it's just my opinion that recovery is way easier when you don't take anything. I agree too. And for two reasons. I think also just I mean, I think if you have clinical depression, you should take an SSRI. If you have uh, an anxiety disorder, you might want to take an SSRI. There are certain medications for sure. If you're bipolar, schizophrenic, obviously take medications. But um, I also think, though, if you're getting sober, the act of not relying on using chemicals to solve emotional problems is very like beneficial for your recovery. Just just being like I'm not going to like put my faith in this instead I'm going to put my faith in other activities, you know. There's also a great I've seen a great number of people who thought they were depressed and it turned yeah, out they were no. depressed because they were they drug were addicts. And that's, and that's the big thing. It's like you, if you're going to start a medication regimen and you got sober, wait a couple months. See well, what's really going on. I remember one time you and me were recording at uh, your the house in the Hamptons, and I and I compared it to a, a force field, 
you know, where like only a super highly attuned force field knows the difference between THC and fucking heroin. It's like yeah. if you have a force field that says I can smoke weed, it's like it's very it's just I think yeah. it's very hard to, to say I can take this and not take that. Of course. And, and especially once you've taken it. I'd venture to say for me it's impossible. <laughs> yeah. For but me. It's weird though, back to that force field and all that stuff. I can successfully take, you know, NyQuil and Benadryl. I gotta be, I, you know. But you're not drinking NyQuil if you don't have a cold. Exactly. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. But that's a very different thing. That's a good distinction. You know, you're not taking, and you're, you're only taking Benadryl if you're suffering insomnia. Yeah. Or, or like. A, a allergy attack. Right? Exactly. Yeah. But, and I'm not saying anything is right or wrong. I'm just saying that, like, for my money, um, it's easier to be sober and not feel like I can take anything. And, yeah. I, and, and for everything that I've seen, all the people that I've known, all the years that I used this or that, that was kind of a thing. Yeah. Now, there was another thing I wanted to talk about, which was like, um, it's just this weird thing and, that I noticed, and it's probably fairly obvious to you. What are you looking at? Keep going. I'm just queuing up another thing when we're ready. You don't want to do Corey's? No, no, no. Go. I want to do, this, do two, a couple short ones. All right. But, no, but keep going. What's the thing you notice? The idea, it's like when you're on drugs, right, and when you're using drugs, yeah. you, you take drugs to feel good, you know, yeah. or you take drugs to feel different or you take drugs to feel better until you're addicted to them and you take drugs to get well, whatever. Yeah. And you're basically, you're chasing endorphins, yeah. you know, and then you're off drugs yeah. and you're depressed yeah. and you, nothing makes you feel good. Yeah. And you sit there and you're like, what the fuck, man? My life fucking sucks. I got yeah. nothing to do. Everything sucks, man. Yeah. And it's like, it's very rare that people explain to people. And if you're out there right now yeah. and you're like, man, this sucks. I have 60 days and I yeah. shit sucks. It's like, if you do something your brain is going to feel better if you do anything. Yeah. If you draw a picture, if you fucking go to the movies. Yeah, yes, but I think that the pleasurable activities we do in early recovery are much less pleasurable. With time and effort and consistency, those things get better. Well, it's like, like, it's, like, it's, like you, it's like if you a come home and you're used to shooting dope or, or drinking a, a thirty rack, you know what I mean? Then and and you stop doing that. And you start doing crossword puzzles instead. The crossword puzzles are fucking suck. You know, even once you're past the medical detail, you're going to have you know, cravings. You don't really want to do it. But if you keep keep doing it and you like crossword puzzles, eventually it might be enjoyable. But in the early stages, that first few weeks, months, up to a year, a lot of the stuff is not really as Well, a crossword puzzle can be very frustrating, too. <laughs> but what about masturbation? Eating? I venture to say that people were doing those things all along. Right, but masturbation in recovery is like it's a spike on the endorphin chart. I'm just saying, like, if there's you, a good book called The Compass of Pleasure, which talks about natural ways of elevating like reward uh, neurotransmitters, like your dopamine, your endorphins, and stuff like that. Did you read this book? No. <laughs> if I'm just saying, but if, I heard it's a good book. If you're out there and you're unhappy yeah. and you're in early recovery or you're in uh you're just counting days and yeah. you're so pissed off you yeah. can't even call it early recovery yeah like just remember seek pleasure in places besides drugs and then you also get to feel proud of the days that you don't relapse totally and it gets better over time. and there's some um like scientists and stuff that believe Alcoholics and addicts suffer from something called reward deficiency syndrome, and that means that we don't get the same release as other people from pleasurable stuff. I don't. I think that. I think that's conditioning too. Because yeah. I think that my point is this: that I haven't done drugs besides this Nyquil bedwetting incident yeah. in years. Yeah. I'm coming up on three years, and um, I get so much pleasure in the stuff that I do. Even the little things. Yeah. You know, even just like an idea. Yeah. Doing anything. I, taking a walk gives me pleasure. Yeah. I like look for... I'm like a weird, like boring guy now. I look forward yeah, to taking a take walk. you take pictures of sleeping Dominicans on potato chips and you love it. You know, I have this new thing that I'm doing on Dopey Twitter where I'm taking pictures of nice public bathrooms and calling it my series of places I would have been thrilled I, to get yeah, high in. I, I still... That's something that never left me is I walk into a bathroom and if it's a great setup for shooting dope... I naturally think Check that. this place out. I think I saw it. 
You saw it? How could you have seen it? I don't know. When did you post it? This morning. I didn't see it. I posted one last week, though, too. Look at this. This, pl- this place is beautiful. It's such a nice bathroom. I like places. I actually don't like singular bathrooms. My favorite... Nah. Ooh, it is pretty. That it's is nice on the corner of 8th Street uh, and University Place. And it's the old school toilet and the flat top where you can rest things. Yeah. The, what I like for shooting up bathrooms is I actually... Singular bathrooms that you lock, I don't like that because I, it takes me a little bit to get ready. And I also like don't like the idea if there's somebody waiting. Someone's I, I, waiting. It's the I, only place I, they can I, go. I, and I always was doing coke. So it's like you shoot the coke and then it's like you either stay in the bathroom and then the coke hits you and you get really paranoid and you don't want to go out and there's somebody waiting there... Or you shoot it and instantly, like, you know, put the syringe behind instantly run out. And then the Coke fucking hits you when you're walking through the store leaving. And it's just a nightmare. So my favorite shooting up bathrooms are stalls that have full-length doors or are full-length bathrooms. So that way there's several toilets. Where are you going to find that? They have them in my parents' building. But I've seen it. They're what rare. You in your parents' building? My parents' building, if you go to the base, the basement, though. There's public bathrooms with stalls with floor-to-ceiling no, doors? No, but there's a bathroom that has, like, four stalls, and they're floor-to-ceiling doors. Why? So it's like little... But they're actually... I remember in... Um, I did a lot of shooting up under the pier in Huntington Beach. Have you ever been there? No. It's all singular. <laughs> Why would I be under the it's pier all, in Huntington it's Beach? All, it's all singular bathrooms like that, and there's like twelve of them in a row, and you can under lock the it. pier. There's bathrooms. There's twelve of them, and there's like all in a row. But the problem is they're great for shooting up. But the problem is, first of all, there's no water, so you got to bring your water because it's just a toilet, right? And they also stink like an outhouse. So especially when you shoot coke, you start like sometimes you gag and vomit, and then you're gagging and vomiting, you know, and you just you're inhaling, you know what I mean? Just airborne fecal. That doesn't sound like good place but it's very safe it doesn't sound like you want to hear a fucked up story i smoked weed in those bathrooms man under the pier you ever been under the pier in huntington beach i don't know you were an la guy yeah but i wasn't under the pier in huntington beach i would shoot up in my house (laughs) i wasn't shooting up anywhere in in la the only places the only place that i shot up was in my house oh man i was shooting up all over the place dude you didn't you didn't use i didn't have anywhere to shoot up. i shot up on my couch I'd sit at my piano and play, yeah. and I'd watch a little Lost. Yeah. Then I would shoot up some more. Then I would go, buy ice cream sandwiches, yeah. and I would eat the ice cream oh. sandwiches. I was just in sleazy. I remember I was sleazy motels. I shot up in this shot meth in this one hotel, and I started tweaking really bad. And uh, I started looking around the the hotel room, like pulling back the carpet in the corners. Do you know what I mean? Like taking out the towel racks and looking inside the tube of the towel racks. I found I shit you not something like ten crack pipes That's in the tower sh- rack tube. No, all throughout the room. I just went kept on looking, and there was like I was able to like find where everybody had hidden their crack pipes. Like was that your years. plan? No, I just started like being weird, and then I found one of them, and then it turned into like an Easter egg hunt. Yeah, it's like um, it's like a hidden picture search in the hotel, yeah. looking for old. And it, was there crack in anything? No, they were no. all scraped and little, like this big and just nasty and stuff. The other, the other, about a year ago, okay, maybe yeah. six months ago. I don't know if I told this story on Dopey before, but yeah. it's fucking insanity. Yeah, and this this goes to show like where New York is at. Okay, yeah, I'm walking to work. And I stop in the public bathroom in Washington Square Park. Yeah. And there's this little Asian guy. Yeah. And he's, like, near the urinal. And there are these two black guys that are like, listen, man, I don't appreciate you brushing me off. And I walk in there. And they're, like, yelling at this little Asian guy. And it's me. Yeah. And I'm walking to work. And I go, hey, guys, leave him alone. <laughs> I swear to God. What did they I went, say? They went, what? I, he go, they go, he, was, he wasn't cool to us. And they were like street people. And yeah. he was, I, was like, I was like, dude, what are you going to do? You know, but this isn't, you know, it's like. I, wow, that's very uncharacteristic of you. Why do you say that? <laughs> because you can't handle a turn and burn. You pee your pants. <laughs> the fact of the matter is New York is so safe. That I can defend Asian guys in public bathrooms. I, honestly, I tip my hat to you. I had thousands of dollars in my pocket. <laughs> I wasn't thinking straight. I was like, what the fuck? I was like, you leave him alone. You guys are big meanies. That's what it was like. It was, that's what, I was like, what am I going to do? <laughs> All I have to say is, what do, you, what do you want? All they had to say is, you want some? Yeah. I'm like, no, thank you. <laughs> you know what I mean? You would turn to the Asian guy and be like, yeah, fuck you. Yeah, you stupid. No, but it was like, it was crazy. Yeah. 
It was like I was like protecting the weak from the the strong, the meek. But little did the strong know that I was weak. You were the meek. I was the weak and meek. Play another voice. All right, we'll do one more voice. What do you think about that story? I think it's fucking fire, wicked fire. It's the wicked pisser report. All right. um, This is Megan with the Wicked Pisser Report. (laughs) So the name of this voice memo, um, it's from Taylor. Did you you see the Dictionary Podcast has Amy Dresner on now? Yeah, and they had Lilo Brancato on, too. They're just fucking stealing our shit, homie. No, no, no. Amy Dresner's been on every podcast. No. They might have got the... (laughs) Not Amy Dresner. (laughs) They might have got the idea of Lilo from uh, someone. Anyways, we have a referral from them to play next recording. So anyways, uh, what was stupid? What are you talking about? They have a referral from them to play what? Uh, we have a referral for a guest next time. With Coach Mike? What's his name? Yeah, I was going to... The name of this voice memo I thought was very intriguing. It was from Taylor, and the name of it is Nueva Grabicion 13. See? See it? It's Grabicion. Grabicion. Listen, so I thought you that, don't think I a dictionary is stealing so our I, shit. So I thought this was some special, like, you know... Name for the voice memo. It's just because her iPhone's in Spanish. It means new recording 13. <laughs> I think that's Portuguese. Oh, it is? Yeah. Um, okay, so here, let's play it. Hey, Chris and Dave. Um, what's up? I'm not going to say my name, um, but I just wanted to um, record this voice memo to assuming that it won't be played on the show because it doesn't involve any stories or debauchery or anything. It's, I just, um, it's sort of a, it's sort of a thank you voice memo. Um, you two have really become like an important part of my daily existence as a human being on this planet. Um, and you know, I have really enjoyed, um, getting to know you and getting to know all of the Dopey Nation through this podcast. Um, and there's just, you know, there's nothing better after, like, a really long fucking day to be able to just, like, take a deep breath and turn on Dopey and be reminded of this, like, weird-ass cool community of people that exists that's, like you know, willing to be vulnerable and share their experiences and their fuck-ups and their lives with each other um, in a way that's, like, surprisingly joyful and playful. I don't know. I just... Yeah. I'm just... uh, I'm just thankful that y'all exist and that um, you're doing the work that you're doing, and I hope you keep um, doing that for a long time. And that's really all I have to say. Thank you. I appreciate you. And I, you know, I didn't expect to, um, to, uh, to like fall in love with Dopey as much as I have. Um, because, you know, even though it has its problematic moments, of course, uh, it's just a really great thing. Um, so anyway, thanks. And stay strong, you two. And toodles. You like that? With the toodles? You just heard problematic moments. I just heard Chris and Dave, toodles and problematic moments. (laughs) (laughs) It was very sweet. I just wanted to play it, you know. It's very nice. nice But what are the problematic moments? Yeah, hit us up. What do you think? Sound stuff? It's just the sound. Do you think it's, um, do you think it's, uh... Leonard Cohen? Leonard Cohen. No, what was the guy... (laughs) Oh, Jeff Negron. <laughs> um, they, uh, we got to wrap it up. No, 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 no. I want to I say something. We don't know her name, but what a nice thing to send. We love being in your guys' lives at all. It's fucking cool. And um, do you think the Dictionary Podcast is ripping us off? No, we're c- collaborating. How are we collaborating? She wants to get us on the horn with Shane of that sober guy. Speaking of Shane, we have a thingamajig. To do. Um, the thing. We have an ad. We have an ad. The I Am Sober app um, is an amazing app that helps people stay sober. Do you know about the I Am Sober app? I've actually heard of it before. Shane Raymer actually uh, advertises the I Am Sober I like app. the, uh, you know what, we haven't downloaded it yet, but I'm going to download it. I'm going to download it too. Yeah. Being able to make a pledge to stay sober every day. 
Um, this is especially helpful for alcoholics and addicts if you follow the one day at a time mantra. Being able to review your pledge and track how your day went. What caused triggers, if anything? Yeah. Anything caused triggers? There you go. Um, being able to track your sober time, which seems like the most valuable thing. Yeah. You can post it on Facebook, I bet. Yeah. You know that people do that. It's weird. Would you ever do that? Uh, I have. I never saw you do that. Being able to see how much money you've saved by staying sober. There you go. Could you ever quantify how much money you've saved by staying sober? Well, you could because you were a steady user. I was like... No, but it's like... Like when I relapsed in New York, I spent $15,000 in like a couple months. Do you know what I mean? It's like when, I, but it's like. But from, I'm also like I can maintain on twenty bucks a day because I'm an alcoholic. You know, I can buy a bottle of like Popovs or Rubinovs. Every addict knows how to use cheap and use heavy. Yeah. But, uh, so what do you think of this? I am sober app. You're going to download it. I'm definitely going to definitely download it. it. But the question is, how can you download it? On the App Store, I'm assuming. Yes, in the App Store or at the IamSoberApp.com. Check it out, Dopey Nation. Uh, give it a whirl. And why don't you um, shoot us an email, let, you know, let us know what you think about it, and we'll read it on the show. And we will both download the I Am Sober app. And you, I guess you put in your sober date, and it just tells you you're sober. There you go. It's pretty sweet. It's pretty sweet. You know what I think about every day? What? Fucking smoking cigarettes. Every day. Yeah. Every day. Do you think about smoking cigarettes? I vape all day. I don't vape. I can... That's vape. I, I literally, I had, Vaping. I had, I had a cigarette. I had a half a cigarette three months ago. How was it? It was disgusting. Was it I amazing? Finish it. I did a couple puffs. This is gross. I walk past people. I'm like, I'm like smelling them. Oh, wow. I'm getting near I them. I think you're going to be a father again soon. Dude, I've been a this father type, the whole time. Again, though. What is your, what's your this point? This type of behavior, bedwetting, sniffing cigarettes. Sniffing cigarettes and bedwetting. <laughs> am I not as sober as you think I am? No, you never were. Of course I am. Are you kidding me? I'm meditating. I'm making gratitude lists. I'm offering you sweet, good advice. Uh, Tell me I'm not. You're pretty sober. I'm up on the thing. You're good. You're I'm, in my network. I'm, I, dare, I, I am your network. Dare, <laughs> dare I say you're at the top of the speed dial. Oh yeah, yeah. You've dipped down. You're out of my network. What are you talking about? You're out of the network. Well, who is your network? Then? I don't even have a network. I'm going to drift. <laughs> no, I don't call you anymore because you don't answer the phone. I always answer. You the don't phone. answer you the phone. You call me at nine thirty. I start work at nine. It's not good for me. I always call you at eight thirty. You're like, I'm on the train. You I always call, call me on the train. I'm like, yeah, that guy sounds crazy. Yeah. I see some woman on the phone going. Looking at me, you stupid! Yeah. On the phone, I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm on the phone. I feel, I feel so bad. Yeah. All right, you gotta go. All right, uh, please, Dopey Nation, download I Am Sober app. Uh, leave us a review on iTunes. Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Reddit. Before us on we stop, I'm going to read the latest review on iTunes. There you go. From Pandemonium. I think it's like a panda, like Pandemonium. I guess it is. Do you think they're interested in panda bears and stuff? Who knows? Pandemonium 713. They just say, the greatest, five stars, the best podcast slash drug cast out there for people who relate. Thank you so much, all, who make this. What does that mean? Everybody's, uh, the other people, the guests. The guests. The guests, the interns. Okay, great. Yeah. Thank you. Is that it? Yeah, uh, it was good. There's been some. We'll go on it later, but there's been some great reviews over the last. Really week. good it's reviews, really and we'd love your reviews. But you know what? You know what else I've noticed what? that um, there are no new Reddit people for months. No, we've not got... one new Reddit person. No, that's not true. And then nobody says shit on Reddit. It's weird. Nobody comments on Cormac's posts, but sometimes they post stuff. And it's very, really unpredictable. Somebody commented on the Jackie Martin thing. What happened to Fat Dingus? That dingus fill your mouth. He's probably using it again. Fucking that Jackie Marling thing. They compared me to David Letterman. How you like that? You don't into that? All right. Uh, hold on. Hold on. Why don't... Listen, I see, but you're not into the fact that they compared me to David I Letterman? I could care less. Why? I just... I don't think you have any star qualities. You don't feel honored to be working with a Dave Letterman type <laughs> like myself? No star qualities. <laughs> Wait, hold on. You don't feel... It doesn't make you yeah, feel good? You Dave, don't feel pumped ser- up? Serial philanderer. See, what do you mean? That's what Dave Letterman is. How so? Oh, because he had sex with his intern. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good thing I got sober before the Me Too movement could hit me. That's all I know. Yeah. Well, he pulled it off, though. He got Obama on his first show on Netflix. Somehow. You don't know what I'm talking about, do you? 
I do, but so did you just call me a serial philanderer? No, I called David Letterman a serial philanderer. Anyway, stay strong, everybody. Uh, and toodles. I want to take a walk around the world. I wonder would it do me any good. Until I get some money in my pocket, then I guess I'll just have to walk around my neighborhood. But I want to be good so bad. want to be so good, so bad, so bad. I want to be good so bad. Bad desire's all I ever had. And I want to take a ride up in the sky. Watch this airplane just pass me by. And I want to see a Lear jetliner take a dive. Just to show all of these people what it means to be alive. But I want to be good so bad. Want to be so good, so bad, so bad. I want to be good so bad. Bad desire's all I ever had. And my shadow's getting smaller and smaller. And it's time to where I stand. Shadow's getting smaller and smaller. And it's time to where I stand. Busted city far behind. I'll take the high road, however far it winds, because peace and love are very, very, very hard to find. And I wanna be good so bad. Wanna be good so bad, so bad. I wanna be good so bad. Bad desires all I ever had. Damn it, all these suckers make me mad And it's all I ever had And it's all I ever had And these suckers make me mad And I want to call my dad And it's all I ever had 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 And these suckers make me mad And it's all I ever had And I want to be good so bad